Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Ryan's Ramble podcast. I'm your host. My name is Ryan Bennell. If you're unfamiliar with me, I'm an associate editor over at Frogs Award. Been working with them now for about a year. As always, want to give a quick shout out to Frogs Award, the whole Frogs Award family, for giving me this opportunity to have this podcast and uh, all the love and support I've been shown recently. Huge thanks to them. And what is this podcast, if you're unfamiliar? Well, this is basically your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs here at Frogs War. We're going to be talking college football bets for the next couple months, and eventually we'll get into college basketball. But for now, it's football, football, and more football. So uh, it's it's kind of a sad time right now. Uh, after the SMU game, I don't I don't want to harp on it too much, but I, I think we all you know share the same emotions of uh, we should have won that damn game. That was a, a really pitiful performance. Uh, not going to beat around the bush TCU played an awful game it was one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time so the football mojo right now is not very high but it's a new weekend it's a new week it's conference play things can change don't give up don't lose faith you can't uh, <clears throat> maybe this is a side note there's a little bit of a side note but you can't give up on Duggan all right I've seen a bunch of tweets everything like that don't give up on Duggan, all right? Chandler Morris, if he was the best quarterback, there, there's a reason he's a third string, all right? So I don't I don't want to see any more tweets calling for Chandler Morris to come into the game because Duggan's our guy. Have some faith. Things will get better. I, I still trust Gary, too. I, I can't believe that there's actually Gary slander out on the timeline. Gary is like Jesus at TCU, okay? You, yeah, anything he touches turns to gold in terms of prospects. But anyway, nonetheless about that um, – I, I wish going forward, I want to see, you know, the Frogs feed Zach Evans. Uh, it, he literally just give him the ball. I, there's nothing more to it. He's averaging what, like over seven yards per carry, something insane right now. He had 18 touches against SMU, which is not terrible, but he needs to be getting at least 20 plus a game. Realistically, he can, he's guaranteed to put up hundred plus yards a game in the big 12. I mean, these defenses are not spectacular, I think West Virginia will probably end up being one of the better defenses we play this year eventually down the road. But Texas, not the best defense. So please, this weekend, just feed Zach Evans. Okay, well, anyway, I just had to get my little spiel about the TCU situation out of there because this is not necessarily focused on TCU football, but this is Frogs of War. So got to give my take. Um, but going forward, we're going to, before we get into my picks for this week, we're going to be talking about some things we learned like we always start. So first thing is first, this is still on a TCU subject, but one thing we learned last week is that TCU's defense is not the all-powerful, unmovable force that we all have assumed it would be for the last decade. We kind of always just fall on that crutch of, oh no, we've got a good defense, or oh no, Gary's a defensive wizard, we'll figure it out, which has usually worked out in the past, uh, to be honest, but it looks like Maybe SMU game planned. I mean, they always play us like it's their Super Bowl. We did get out coached. I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, it just was scary. That was kind of the first time where I've really been like, wow, the defense is in shambles. And there's like, they could they couldn't get a they couldn't buy a stop, right? So, I again, I don't want to harp on the the negatives of TCU too much. So, believe we'll talk about the Texas uh, betting odds and the spread and everything going forward. Oh, I forgot to mention this. This is kind of big. Uh, this is usually supposed to be in my introduction, but this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Frogs War does not condone sports betting. Sports betting is not legal in the state of Texas. What you do in your free time, 
that's on you, all right? But this is for entertainment purposes only. This is just to have some fun, get through my picks. Um, but I also like to talk, you know, just about college football world in general and apply some of the knowledge that I've seen from the games into picks going forward and how to analyze these lines and whatnot. So next thing we learned moving on after that, you know, entertainment only announcement, Iowa. I've talked a lot about how great their defense is, but their offense might be a kryptonite. They scored, what was it, 24 points against Colorado State, who is not a good football team. Not going to not gonna sugarcoat it. They're not good. And Iowa should be putting up way more than that. They were 24-point favorites, only won the game by 10. Granted, Colorado State had like a fluke special teams, or it may have been like a fumble recovery touchdown, but it was a weird play that broke away for a huge gain. So that was kind of fluky, but still, they should be scoring way more than 24 points against them. So going forward against other Big Ten schools, that their defense can only do so much, you know. I mean, I know defense wins championships, but you have to score to beat the other team, right? <laughs> um, another really not necessarily shocking because after the Georgia game, after the Georgia Tech game, there was a lot of question marks, a lot of concern around uh, Clemson. But Clemson's playoff hopes are done. That's something else we learned. They're two and two right now. They're twenty fifth in the polls, bottom of the rankings. Uh, the ACC also, that's another thing too. The ACC in general, done. They're done as well. North Carolina just dropped a game to Georgia Tech. They're beating each other up right now. Miami, oh boy, Miami can't buy a win. They just lost to Virginia last night. I'm Usually I record these on uh, Thursday night, but this it's been a wild 24 hours. So I'm recording this on Friday morning slash afternoon. And the Miami-Virginia game was last night. I think, actually, Miami ended up losing that game on a missed last-second field goal. So the ACC is done. They have no legit contenders, which is crazy to say after, you know, Clemson's reign of supremacy. Like, they'll be back, though. I'm not worried. Clemson will be back. Their recruiting pipeline is insane. Um, They're going to get the big-name recruits, especially now with the NIL era. It's going to be crazy how how stuff transitions, how recruiting gets affected by all that. But... We'll see. Anyway, moving on to Big 12 now. Got a couple of Big 12 points we learned. Um, this one is sad for me to bring up, but is Baylor good? Question mark? Um, I really don't want them to be, but they seem to have been outperforming everybody's preseason expectations, including mine. Um, and they upset Iowa State. You know, I mean, they were at home, so it was a big game for them. I kind of that one people saw coming after Iowa State had a kind of shitty start to the year, but Baylor they're ranked now, so people must think they're somewhat good. I mean, they have an Oklahoma State matchup this weekend, and I think that's going to be really, really telling as to whether they're good or not because Oklahoma State is the home team, so they're a three and a half point underdogs right now is the spread, but that's that's a really tough test. I mean, Stillwater's not an easy place to play. So we'll see. This this will really be telling. I think if Baylor comes away with a win in this game, then we may actually have to worry about Baylor again, which is something I didn't think I would say for years after Matt Rule left because they were in shambles after he left. So anyway, another Big 12 point we learned, and this one makes me very happy, is uh, Spencer Rattler is not the second coming of Jesus like some of these quote-unquote experts were saying he was all right he don't get me wrong he's a great quarterback he's a freak athlete he has you know he has god-given ability he can just be coached around a little bit his decision making needs some improvement but 
it, it seems like he plays nervous too. That's the real thing is it seems like sometimes he plays nervous. Sometimes he plays with a lot of confidence. So he needs to find a balance of some sort, but that this past weekend, Oklahoma played West Virginia and their fans ended up chanting, we want, or what was it? Something about Caleb. I think it was, we want Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams, their backup quarterback, highly touted recruit. He's supposed to be really good for them. Once Spencer Rattler's out of there into the draft. Um, but again, same thing. Like I said, with the Max Duggan situation and people, frog fans tweeting about it, wanting uh, Chandler Morris to come in the game. The second Caleb Williams gives the Sooners the best chance to win a football game is the second he's going to go in the game. Like it, it's that's as simple as it is. Spencer Rattler is their best option, but it does make me a little bit happy because I've been saying Spencer Rattler isn't that guy all season since before the season. Even I was very surprised when he was the heavy favorite to win the Heisman. I don't think he's a Heisman caliber player. I think he's a big 12 first or second string type caliber player, but may probably not even an all American. Um, definitely not Heisman contender. So I think it's really all hype. There's just so much hype around it. Oklahoma, you know, it's Oklahoma, one of the biggest football programs in the country. And they've also had Kyler's done it. Jalen succeeded. Baker succeeded. Like they've just had a string of these dominant quarterbacks now. So in that same offense, and I guess, you know, market overcorrected for Rattler a bit. So it seems to have, I haven't checked the odds actually as to where he is right now, but I know Matt Coral and Bryce Young are like heavily favorited. They're both like under two to one odds. And then everybody else is like 15 to one. So big favorites between Coral and Young right now, which is going to be a sick matchup this weekend. Ole Miss, Alabama. I can't wait for that one, dude. That's, oh my God, the over-under is so high. We're going to talk about that. Over-under is literally 80 points, which is insane for a college football game. Only a couple more points to get through, and then we'll, we'll get to uh, the betting card, the moment we've all been waiting for. We actually, oh no, I won't spoil it yet. I won't spoil it. Anyway, next up, another quarterback hot take of mine that has panned out swimmingly is Graham Mertz is arguably the worst quarterback in Power 5 right now. That's probably a bit of an overstatement. I'm exaggerating, but he's averaging 205 yards per game and has two touchdowns and 11 interceptions. That ratio, two to 11 interceptions, is uh, against ranked opponents in his career. I think, I forget the exact stat too, but he started his first game ever was like insane. He had like five touchdowns, 400 yards. And then since then, his touchdown interception ratio is god awful. It's pitiful. Graham Mertz is the reason Wisconsin blew that game against Notre Dame. Uh, He's the reason they've lost a lot of games, and he's the reason they're going to lose again this weekend to Michigan. We'll get to that in a second because they're on my card. That's a little teaser. Michigan's one of my picks this weekend. Um, Next up, this one isn't so much something we learned, but it was just something I observed over the weekend. So if you you follow along, I have an In Case You Missed It series on Frog's War where I write about some like the, I don't know, cool events, biggest plays. memes and such from the weekend uh prior weekend of football because you know whenever you're watching the tcu game you're tailgating sometimes you miss some of the cool stuff so that's what that series is for but i wrote about boston college and because they rushed the field after beating unranked missouri and so what that screams to me is hey we are a poverty franchise i know they're not a franchise but that's just the the saying you know they're a poverty franchise they've never won anything historically actually you know Doug Flutie days they're not terrible but they're to celebrate of you know by storming the field after beating an unranked opponent 
I get they're an SEC team, but I don't think that's a good look. You know, I, I feel like that doesn't show much confidence in your team. Like, holy shit, we beat unranked Missouri. Oh, it's the best day ever. Like, is that really the peak? Is that your highest? Is that what you think? I don't know. Maybe I'm being a pessimist about it, but I think it's not a good look. So, and last but not least, this one is a great look. UTSA, the Roadrunners from San Antonio, baby, are the people's champion. They're currently 4-0 right now, and they're 4-0 against the spread. They just beat Memphis on the road after a crazy 21-point comeback. Everybody loves the Roadrunners right now. They're exceeding expectations. I was talking bad about them in week one. I picked against them. I regret it. I was wrong. I have picked for them since then, and it has paid off. So UTSA all the way. They're like 21-point favorites this weekend. So they're going to 5-0. and Pretty easy peasy. I want to see how their season pans out. Because you imagine if UTSA is ranked by the end of the year? With their schedule, they might be. I, I honestly, I don't know their schedule like, you know, game for game. But I feel like in their conference, it's not a hard, not a hard road. But anyway, that is all we learned from last week in college football. Those are my main points of conversation um and other than that we had our some picks we had a successful week again not so much as good as uh our 10 and 3 week two weeks ago but last week the ryan's ramble betting card finished eight and five if you include the parlay we hit a parlay that was big that's that's a real winner actually screw the rest of the record hitting a parlay it's so satisfying it was the odds were plus 240 on it it was a three-leg money line parlay I, I thought it was a pretty safe bet and it, it ended up hitting so um that was that was good that add, i'm gonna add that to the record so eight and five and last week's ten and three record that's two winning weeks in a row after a really shaky start brings my all-time record this season to 28 and five which is not by any means the best in the world but it's a 53 percent win percentage and that is in the green that's in the money so let's review some of the picks from last week. So we also, besides the eight and five record, we had a three and zero record on tier one picks, which tier one are like my most confident picks. That's what we're going for. We've had two back-to-back undefeated tier one picks. That's what we like to see. Um, so some of these, I already talked about Boston College a little bit, but Boston College plus two, I had them as one of my favorite picks last week. That was kind of a lucky break. They got away in overtime. Uh, I mean, maybe that's why they rushed the field because it was overtime, but still, that was kind of lucky. Michigan, minus 20.5. That was one of my losses for the week. Uh, Rutgers looks a lot better. (coughs) (coughs) Ooh, excuse me. But Rutgers has improved so much over the past couple years. Um, I thought it was going to be far-fetched for them to hit because it's a big spread, but for some reason, I've just been really high on Michigan, and I'm going to be continue to be high on Michigan this year, so... Um, I think they needed a scare too, a, a game like that. I think that game is going to be good for them going forward. It's also probably going to adjust the market like we've already seen in the Wisconsin game against Michigan. So that's beautiful for us if we want to bet on them. Uh, and then next up, I had AM minus four and a half against Arkansas. That was another one of my losses. I trusted the Aggies defense too much. They're still great defense, um, but Arkansas was able to break away for a few big plays here and there. I did not put enough thought into the quarterback situation. AM's rocking with their backup quarterback right now, who does not look amazing to say the least. Um, and then Florida State, man, I picked against them. I picked them to go 0-4, and it happened. They're 0-4 for the first time since 1974. 
they are comically bad. I mean, it's almost hard to watch. I don't recognize this Florida State team. So I would I kind of want to bet against them again because they play Syracuse this week, but I feel like they've got to pull one out eventually. I mean, they're five and a half point favorites. Vegas thinks they're gonna pull it out. They've got to do something, but Oh, last but not least, tier one. I already mentioned this. Tier one went three and zero. We had West Virginia plus seventeen and a half against OU. That one hit with ease. They ended up only losing by a last second field goal. Army. We had Army first half minus four against Miami of Ohio. They covered that by I think they won that by like fourteen in the first half. And then Kent State at Maryland under seventy. That one hit pretty easily as well with like a fifteen point cushion. So no sweats on the two to one bets. Let's let's try for that again. I like a I like a relaxing week of wins. You know, I don't want to have to sweat for every half point on the lines. All right. Now that brings us, that's enough about last week. That brings us to this week's card. We're gonna continue our winning ways. We're gonna keep the hot streak going. Hopefully, we can do better than eight and five. Let's go back to that 10 and 3 type thing. That's what I like. Preferably undefeated, but it is sports betting, so that is probably impossible. <clears throat> so I always don't make a pick on the TCU game, but I like to give my take on it. Um, TCU up against Texas this weekend. Big game, 11 a.m. kickoff, which is ridiculous. Don't get me started. Um, but I think TCU plus four is free money. That's the spread. It opened, I think, at Texas minus six, but... The public has been backing TCU a lot, and for good reason. I think TCU plus four is free money. We are winning this ball game. I think we're going to win it outright. We own Texas. Okay, there's there's nothing more to it. We have a two and eight record the week before we play Texas, and we have a seven and two record against Texas. Sadly, we have a three and six record the week after Texas. But right now, all that matters is the Texas game. So we're going to eight and two. We're going to extend the streak. We're gonna. Show them who the real little brother of Texas is right now. Um, and I think the spread, even if the Frogs lose, I think they're going to play a really close ball game. I do see this being a three, four point game probably. So TCU plus four is a good bet in my opinion. Then again, um, you know, I said that about SMU. I said TCU would cover minus nine and a half. I thought the Frogs were going to have a big win, but the Ponies came to play. Ponies came to play and the Frogs defense did not. Um, anyway, that's my recommendation on the TCU game. I'm staying away from the over-under. The over-under is set at 65.5, and I think that's a tad high for my liking. I think it's a bit inflated after both teams had really high-scoring contests last week. Texas literally broke 100 points. It was 105 to 30, or 70, God, I'm blanking, 70 to 35, so 105 combined points against Texas Tech. And the TCU and SMU went for, what, 42, 34, 76 points, so... That's really high scoring. They got an over under 65 and a half. It's still too high for my liking, regardless of the scores last week. And I I think it may hit. This may be a shootout. This based on the way the Frogs defense is playing and how good Texas's offense is with uh Bijan Robinson, Casey Thompson. It might hit. I'm just gonna stay away. I think it's too high. I don't like I don't like sweating out. You gotta root for points every damn drive whenever you bet like that so that's too stressful for me i'm staying away now drum roll brings us to the moment i at least have been waiting for i hope you have all been waiting for it as well but it is time for ryan's ramble wait what even week is this i think this is week five 
There's too many weeks. I'm getting lost. We're going to go with week five. It's time for the week five betting card. Let's get into it. Starting with tier three, if you're unfamiliar with the system, tier three is my least confident pick. We always start there, work our way up from tier three, tier two to tier one. And tier one is always my most confident, my favorite picks, my locks, you could say. Um, One of my favorite betting terms is locks. You got to use it all you can. Anyway, tier three, let's get right into it. I'm starting with Ole Miss at Alabama. I'm taking the under of 80. I think 80 points is ridiculously high. I think this is actually the highest line I've seen all season. There was a 79 earlier in a UCF game, I believe, but 80 is the highest I've seen. It's it's ridiculous. I think it's um this is going to be my way of protesting it. You know, I hate seeing lines this high. So I'm taking the under strictly to protest these ridiculous lines because if this was set at like 65 to 70, I might be obligated to take it. The over, I mean. So for now, I'm sticking with the under, even though their last five matchups have been 63-48, four, 59-31, 62-7, 66-3, 48-43. So Bama is averaging, what is that? Like That's like 57-something points a game in the last five years against Ole Miss. So this might be sweaty, all right? This might be a sweaty bet. That's why it's in tier three. I don't I don't care how good Bryce Young or Matt Coral is. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I just think it ha- this has to stop eventually, okay? The over is a sucker bet. There's the saying, life's too short to bet the over or bet the under, even though I'm guilty of falling victim to that statement. I think this scenario, this is a sucker bet. So... Tier three it is, though. It's it's going to stay there because it could end up being another 100-point game, uh, and I just look like a dumbass. But for now, we're going to have it in the low-confidence section. Another one, I debated on having this one actually in tier two. Both of these, I would – here, we're, gonna, we're just going to talk about both of them at once. So, Arkansas at Georgia. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I had something in my throat. One of the biggest games of the weekend, a top 10 matchup going at Georgia. Arkansas is on the road. I have two picks for this, and I actually would highly recommend making a teaser for this. But for the sake of the article, it works better with just independent picks. But a great teaser would be take the under and Arkansas spread together on a teaser. Um, But teaser or not, I'm taking both Arkansas plus 17 and a half and the under of 49.5 in this game. So I think, let's start with the spread. I think this is a huge spread for a top 10 matchup. I mean, when was the last time you saw, you know, number two team, I guess it's number two versus number eight, but still, regardless, a top 10 matchup should not have an 18-point spread. That's huge. Um, And realistically, I don't think Arkansas even deserves to be in the top 10. Uh, They beat... And AM with their backup quarterback, that which was still a great win. I'm not going to discredit them. They beat Texas at home. That's a pretty decent win. I still am just not 100% convinced yet. I still, I don't know what it is, but there's still just something missing for me. And this Georgia game is going to be really, really telling. And I think they're going to be able to at least compete. I don't think they're going to win the game. I think Georgia's going to win the game. If Arkansas could pull that off, by all means, I would be here for it. I'm not the biggest dogs fan. So Arkansas plus 17 and a half seems really 
really smart, in my opinion. It's really the same situation with the West Virginia-Oklahoma game last week, even though it's not a top-10 matchup. So that screens take this line even more because it is a top-10 matchup. Like That's just insane. It's way too big of a spread. Uh, Texas has a way better offense than Georgia, and Arkansas kind of shut them down. Um, I think their challenge is going to be getting first downs against Georgia's defense. That's really going to be uh, you know, the, a big factor for Arkansas. But that also plays into the over-under, too. That's another reason why I'm taking the under. It's going to be tough to move the ball for Arkansas way harder than it has all season. Uh, and I think they'll be able to come up with one at least big play on defense, turnover per se. Oh, before I move to the under, Arkansas for the spread. Arkansas is 4-0 and against the spread. And they're nine and three against un- as an underdog since Pittman took over. Uh, and at the same time, Georgia is twelve and seventeen as home favorites against the spread under Kirby Smart. So if history repeats itself, Arkansas is bound to cover again. Now let's talk about the under a little bit. We talked about the defense, talked about the pace of play. Um, Georgia's going to be slow, even with JT Daniels, even with their you know quote unquote superstars. I'm I still don't believe JT Daniels is really that great I think he's a slightly slightly more pro style Max Duggan (laughs) that just can't run as well I don't know I don't know maybe that's a bad comparison but anyway um where was I Georgia's defense I can't really talk about them enough they're fantastic they're currently giving up 5.8 points per game which is insane through four games I think obviously Arkansas is going to put up more than one score i think arkansas will at least get one or well they'll at least get one touchdown for sure but i think arkansas scores maybe 14 points in this game i really see this being like a a 27 to 14 type game in georgia's favor which is going to cover both the under and the spread so i really feel confidently about this game and how it's going to pan out um and also with georgia too on the under they've held opponents to 28 percent conversion on third down which is huge for the under. That's going to keep the clock running. It's going to switch possession, back teams up for their starting field position if there's a lot of punts going. So that's going to be big for the pace. And also Georgia has hit the over in their last three games. So I feel like they're just kind of, they're kind of due, you know, they're kind of due to hit the under. I'm getting caught in mouth. Got to take some, take some sips. All right, that brings me to my last Tier 3 pick of the weekend is going to be Syracuse at Florida State over 51. The Qs, man, the Orange, they have their offense has come alive these past couple weeks. Uh, and who is Florida State to stop them? You know, absolutely nobody. Sean Tucker is a legit Heisman candidate at running back. I think maybe not too much legit. His talent is legit, but his chances of actually winning are very low just because Syracuse isn't. In the playoff picture, they're not in the ACC conference picture. So in terms of team success, he doesn't really have a shot. But Sean Tucker, man, is legit. He's cold. He's going to run all over Florida State. Over 51, I think this line is set perfectly. This is right where I would have had it, too, around here. Uh, I missed out on the Syracuse over last time. I bet them they went under against Liberty. But I believe. I believe the offense is clicking. Florida State's in shambles right now. Syracuse is going to put up points. And I think because Florida State is so desperate to win a game, it's going to be very competitive. And Florida State's going to be forced to put up points. I could even see this game going into overtime, too. One of those games that carries it. 
I love whenever games you have the over in a game and it goes into overtime and then it goes into triple overtime and because of that the over hits. Oh, it's beautiful. At the same time, it's incredibly frustrating whenever you have the under in those situations. But you live and you learn. Say la vie. Yeah. Anyway, Florida State's in shambles. I think they're going to have to compete in this game. And Syracuse looks way better than anybody thought they would. So there's going to be points scored in this game. It's a beautiful weather forecast, sunny skies, sunny day, um, nothing to interfere with it. So take the over 51, and that's going to round out my tier three picks. Now, moving on to tier two, we got Michigan. I mentioned this was my little teaser pick, but I'm taking Michigan plus two and a half at Wisconsin. I really wish this line was plus three. If it's your thing, I might recommend buying half a point to get plus three just in case the Badgers eke out a win by a field goal. But I don't care about the Rutgers game. I'm still buying into the Wolverines. They're here and they're here to do some damage. I was actually extremely surprised to see that Wisconsin was favored here. I think the only reason Wisconsin is favored here is because of that Rutgers results against, I mean, Michigan's result against Rutgers. Um, and that Wisconsin game last week against Notre Dame, it was a fluke. Uh, that fourth quarter, what was it? It was 13 to 10 heading into the fourth quarter. And then Notre Dame ended up winning outright 41 to 13. That's crazy. That Graham Mertz lost them that game. I, I talked about him already. I won't shit on him anymore, but he loses them football games and he is going to lose them this football game against Michigan. I think Michigan wins outright, regardless of it being at Camp Randall. It's going to be jumping. The students are going to be jumping around, you know, their whole song tradition, whatever. But Michigan is going to dominate Wisconsin in their own game. Wisconsin is very famous for a ground and pound style offense historically. Whereas now Michigan has one of the best running games in the entire country. Um, and I think if Michigan gets an early lead too, that's going to be killer for Wisconsin. It's going to force them to pass the ball, force Graham Mertz to make big plays, who I, I don't trust them to make big plays at all. So if, if Michigan gets an early lead, that is crucial for their game plan because they're just going to run it down their throat, give them a taste of their own medicine. I think – I mean, Zach Evans is, I'm biased. Zach Evans, best running back in the country, I'll say it. But in terms of best one-two punch, I think um, Michigan has the best one-two punch at running back in the entire country. Blake Corum has, what's his stats? It's it's average of 6.9 yards per carry right now while with 475 yards and seven touchdowns. That's absurd. And then number two running back, Hassan Haskins, Averages 5.3 yards per carry with 322 yards and six touchdowns. They have been killing it on the ground. And also they have two other players with over 100 rushing yards on the season and like five, six players total with rushing touchdowns. They are killing it on the ground. Michigan, they're going to have another week. I think this is going to be a statement win for them. This is going to be like, hey, we're here. We're here to compete in the Big Ten this year. Jim Harbaugh has finally done something right. I know people say that every year, and I don't want to be one of those idiots that says it every year, but I really, really do think Michigan looks a lot better this year. If they could figure out like a solid quarterback play, they would be a team to beat. And I said it. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State at the end of the year. I really do. Unless, I mean, there's still a lot of time for things to fall apart, but I, I, I believe in, in the Wolves this year, Wolverines. All right, next up, Big 12 game. I'm taking West Virginia. First half, big key, it's only the first half. West Virginia minus four versus Texas Tech. Mountaineers are at home. 
Red Raiders looked absolutely abysmal against UT last week in the entire game, but in the first half especially, they were down 42-14 to going into the break. Uh, I think West Virginia, too, they're going to come out fiery. That's the reason I took the first half line instead of the full game line of minus seven. I took the first half because I think the Mountaineers, they just lost a, a – it was a heartbreaker to Oklahoma. They really should have won that game. They played a better game. Uh, so they're going to come out fiery, and they, they're going to get a win. They need a conference win. They need a win. And Texas Tech, I'm surprised West Virginia is not favored by a little bit more than seven. I'm tempted to split this line, one unit on the first half, one unit on the full game spread of minus seven. But Mountaineers are going to want to want to prove their worth here. They're going to want to show everybody that they can beat up on these teams just as much as Texas can. Uh, they competed with Oklahoma. That was already a statement in of itself, in my opinion. So that loss to Maryland, too, at the beginning of the season isn't really as terrible as everybody thinks. I mean, Maryland here, they have a game tonight, too, against Iowa. That's one of my picks as well. We'll get into that in a sec. But, oh, wait, did I add that to my card? Yes, I did. Okay, I almost forgot about my Iowa pick there for a second. But that Maryland loss really wasn't that bad. They have a 2-2 two and two record. They don't want to go on the losing side of it. Um, I think this game, too, is going to show how bad Texas Tech really is. So take the Mountaineers in the first half to cover the spread. Sorry, I'm thirsty today. Thirsty during this episode. All right, this one almost eked its way into my tier one picks, but that's a, it's an exclusive club up there. You know, my very confident, my locks gotta be gotta stay true to those. So I'm taking Nevada plus six and a half on the road at Boise State on the blue turf. I really, really like this matchup. Um, the sharp indicators as well. If you don't know what sharp indicator is, it's basically where the pros have their money. Um, 53% of public bets are on Nevada. So the public is favoring with the Wolfpack, but big, but 86% of the money is in favor of Nevada to cover. That's a 33% difference, which is pretty huge. And I'm going to ride that wave, follow the money on this and take Nevada. Also Carson strong is he's cold. I mean, he's our whole offense. Nevada is going to force Boise state to play at an uncomfortable pace. Nevada is going to get out. They're going to pass the ball a lot. Um, Carson Strong, like I said, he's their entire offense. And plus, they have nothing to lose. They really have nothing to lose. Nobody expects Boise State to lose this game. Nevada, if they lose this game, it's not the end of the world you know, for them, per se. So I think they're going to come out. They're going to play ballsy, make some big decisions. Um, they have nothing to lose, really. So that's a big factor, too, in games. The only thing that I'm worried about is Nevada's defense. They're going to have to step up a little bit. Um, they're not known for forcing turnovers this year, whereas Boise state has been able to wreak a little bit of havoc, but I think if Nevada can force at least one turnover in this game, they keep it within one possession. Six and a half points is a, is a decent size spread. You know, there's a lot of things that could happen within six points. So even if Boise state wins this game, I think Nevada, Nevada covers. So give me the Wolfpack plus six and a half. Next up, we got Bowling Green plus 17 at Kent state. This is a really big spread. We have a few big spreads actually on this card, but there's not much to say about this one. I'm just riding the wave. Bowling Green were 31-point underdogs last week at Minnesota and ended up winning outright. Absolutely embarrassing P.J. Fleck. Um, as one of my friends described him, the DJ Khaled of college football coaches. <laughs> He's just a hype man. But yeah, Bowling Green right now, they are 4-0 and against the spread, and they've been underdogs every week. Um and they just had a kick-ass upset. So they're they're feeling good. They're feeling hot. Why not ride with them? Meanwhile, 
Kent State, they're one and three against the spread. They've been getting beat up all year. This is probably the most favorable matchup for Kent State, but 17 points is a decent amount. I think Kent State's going to win this game. Um, but for now, this is the team of destiny, Bowling Green, baby, 4-0 against the spread. We're going to ride them until they lose against the spread. Take Bowling Green. All right, last one on my tier two list is Iowa minus three at Maryland. This is a Friday night game. A lot of people are really liking the home underdog with Maryland tonight. Uh, it kind of scares me that Iowa is only a three-point favorite. But I think the reason is because the market is kind of corrected after they failed to cover against Colorado State and Kent State. So, yeah, this is going to be a really, really sweaty game. I think it's going to be close. I think Iowa wins the game. But this is Maryland has a really big opportunity to if they win this game, they're going to be ranked probably because I believe I'm pretty sure they're 4-0 right now. Tagaviola is playing good football. Um, this is going to be Maryland Super Bowl. Their stadium is going to sell out. They're going to be bumping. It's going to be crazy. Uh, it's an atmosphere I wish I could be there for one of those games. Um, and I think this is a make-or-break game for them, too, for the Terps and Tagovaiola. Tagovaiola wants to show that he can compete against the big teams, too. You know, Maryland wants to show that they can do some damage in conference. I, I mean, it, it'll we'll see how it pans out. But I think Iowa offense, if they can get going, that's the real question mark for me is Iowa's offense. The over-under is set at like 47, which is crazy considering all of Maryland's over-unders have been close to 70. So I, I was tempted to take the over on that just because Maryland's high tempo, um, high scoring offense too. But I don't know. Give me the Hawkeyes minus three on the road. This is a big, it's a road test. Even though Maryland's not ranked, this is a big road test for the Hawkeyes. The number five ranked team, they've got to show their worth. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride with them though. Give me the Hawkeyes minus three to round out tier two. All righty, now, moment we've all been waiting for, tier one, my absolute favorite picks of the week, my most confident, my locks, whatever you want to say, hammer these lines. First up, this is probably my absolute favorite bet of the weekend, numero uno, this is a lock. Take out a mortgage, okay, actually, no, I probably shouldn't say that. I'm not a financial advisor, okay, but take a mortgage out in your house, Throw it on this money line. This is the biggest lock of the season. Cincinnati minus 125 money line to beat Notre Dame on the road. I don't care about home field advantage in this situation. Notre Dame are frauds. They're the biggest frauds in college football. Always the most overrated team just because of their history. The media, oh, I, I, I could say a lot of words that I shouldn't say about them, but they're frauds, phonies. I don't think they can win this game. Cincinnati needs to make a statement as well. If they go 12-0 and this year with a win against Notre Dame, they actually could have an argument for the playoffs. Like, legitimately, they could have an argument for the playoffs. So, this is a huge game for Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter is that guy. He's legit. He is, uh, he's really a high, he, I, well, I mean, obviously now he's not necessarily a Heisman contender because it's between Bryce Young and Coral, but he's a Heisman caliber player. I'll say that. His athleticism, his ability, his quick thinking, he's very talented. Um, this is going to be a, a statement game for the Bearcats. Um, and when Cincinnati wins, if and when, they are probably going to win out and go 12-0. The rest of their schedule isn't that hard. They have SMU and UCF are probably their toughest games, but they, they get both of those guys at home. And plus, 
big games like this, Cincinnati Notre Dame, a, another top ten matchup. It a lot of it comes down to coaching, and I would much rather side with Luke Fickle over Brian Kelly any day. You know, Brian Kelly, he has history with Notre Dame. I think he just recently became like their most winningest coach. Um, but still, they choke a lot. We've seen their history in big games. We've seen how they do in the playoffs, and this is a really, really big game for them. Um, but for some reason, 69% of the public bets are siding with Notre Dame. I guess the public likes Notre Dame just as much as the media does for some reason. More money for us, I guess. You know, Hey, fade the public, one of my favorite strategies. We're taking Cincinnati. This is a huge game for them. They're going to silent. They're going to come out early. Desmond Ritter, there's a quote. I forgot who he was interviewed by, but he even said like he's going to quiet the crowd early and it'll be no worries. Very confident from the quarterback. So love to see that. Give me the Bearcats money line to beat Notre Dame and expose them. Expose him. All right, another one of my favorite picks this weekend is UCLA minus three at home versus Arizona State. I've said it before. I don't really believe in Herm Edwards' squad. Love Herm Edwards as the dude, as a coach, but I still am not buying into this fully yet. I love the fact that UCLA is only three point, like a three-point spread. That's beautiful to me. Chef's kiss. They're going to win this football game. Um, also, Arizona State currently has a recruiting scandal under investigation, which that could loom over them during the game. I don't know how much that will affect on-field, whereas the off-field issue, but we'll see. You never know with things like that. Both of these teams are right on the line. And don't get me wrong, I'm talking about for Pac-12, not for uh, not for the playoffs whatsoever. But they're right on the line of a contender and a pretender. Whereas UCLA has a chance of competing for the Pac-12 title. But if they lose this game, they switch over to that pretender side. Like, okay, maybe they just played a couple good games. I know they lost that game to Fresno State. But again, it's out of conference. And Fresno State looks pretty solid. So... This is, but this is a big game for both teams. Really big. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, no, it's like swing. Oh, a big swing game. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Swing. Big swing game for both teams. Uh, Arizona State, too, though, they had a chance to prove their worth on a road trip at BYU, and they failed to do so. So, this is another road trip. Rose Bowl is not an easy place to play. Um, I'm riding with the Bruins, riding for Chip Kelly to get a win in a big game in Pac-12 after dark. Last but not least, we're going with Baylor at Oklahoma State. Not taking the spread. I'm taking the over of 47. Who remembers? Do you guys remember the days when every Big 12 game was like set over-unders were set at 60 to 70 just because it was gunslinging, high-powered offense? I'm very surprised that this is only a 47. I know Oklahoma State's Pace of play really isn't that fast. Um, they've had some semi-low-scoring ball games, but I just thought that was hilarious, the fact that it's transitioned over the past few years. But I really wanted to take Oklahoma State spread. They're favored by minus 3.5, but a lot of experts are siding with the Bears. They've exceeded expectations. They've proved me wrong multiple times, so for now I'm going to stay away. Um, but reason I'm taking the over is Baylor has the worst defense of anybody Oklahoma State has played thus far. Um, and at the same time, Baylor's offense is clicking. They're probably the best offense Oklahoma State has played as well. They're, the Bears are averaging 47.3 points per game over their last three games. And I also wouldn't be crazy surprised if this was another overtime type game that carried us to the over. 47 really isn't a lot of points to root for. That's a 24 to 24 ball game. And you have the over already. So 
I think these teams are going to score points. If it's anything like Oklahoma State's matchup against Kansas State, that one was a similar over-under set, and they had like 28 points in the first quarter or something. It ended up being a lot closer for the, the line, but the over did hit. So I'm, I'm taking the over in Baylor, Oklahoma State with a lot of confidence. Another one of my Tier 1 picks. To wrap that up, Tier 1 is Cincinnati money line, UCLA minus 3 versus Arizona State, and Bear, Baylor at Oklahoma State over 47. Now, that rounds out my card for this weekend in college football. I hope you guys have another weekend full of winners. I want to hear you in the comments. Who are you taking? How do you feel about my picks? What are you going to be watching this weekend? Other than I hope everybody is in the stadium for a UT and TCU game because it's horns down till the day I die. All right. This is Frogs by 90. All the sayings, Riff Ram, Hoo Ha, Woo Woo. This is, this is our game. All right. This is our game. We got to pack the Carter, defend the Carter, do whatever it takes. SMU's in the past. This is a revenge game now. We can use that to fuel the hate fire towards Texas. But hope everybody has a fantastic weekend of football. Hope everybody has a lot of winners on their personal cards. And I hope you guys tailor fade me, whatever you decide. Hope you had a good time and appreciate you listening as always. See you guys same time, same place next week. Another episode of Ryan's Ramble will be up on Friday as well ahead of the college football weekend. So best of luck to everybody's picks this weekend, and I will see y'all then.